Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s in New York City, and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Welcome back to another episode. Thank you again for tuning in. Today is Thanksgiving Eve, the biggest party, day, night, whatever. You're going two days strong sometimes. Best biggest everything party night of the year. Before I get into that, I just wanted to give you this little fun fact about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that in 1965, the cast of the Munsters with the car and everything was in the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade. So anyway, I just wanted to give you that factor and you know, I don't remember all of them, but I remember watching them. I've actually, I am that New Yorker that has never been to the Thanksgiving Day Parade. A lot of New Yorkers haven't been to a lot of like landmarks or big events like that. I always thought it would have been cool to either have had a hotel or, you know, lived along the route and got to see it from your apartment window, but I have never done that. So, yeah, I would always watch it on TV and, you know, it's always, I don't know, it was always fun, but some of the time that I would watch the parade, I was a little hungover because it's the biggest party night of the year. So, you know, in our teens, maybe we would get together and have like, you know, a sleepover at someone's house, just something to do. And it would give like our parents a break from having to deal with it while, you know, they were cooking. Whoever's parents had like a basement where they could just, you know, we would make ourselves popcorn, get ourselves like chips and dip, whatever. But I remember doing that sometimes on Thanksgiving Eve or nothing at all. Just like, you know, hanging out, happy that there was four day weekend from school. But once the 21 rolled around and we were able to go out and do things, honestly, back in the 90s, and I don't know, maybe some of you 20 year olds now feel this too, but it was just so great to not have the responsibility. You know, you would go out, you would drink, you would come home, probably, well, it's New York City, I would get home, it was like 5.30, 6 a.m., and sleep it off while everyone else was cooking around me. And I was like, everyone shut up. But no, I was really happy that other people were cooking. And then you would get up and eat the food and go take another nap. And those were the good old days. And then we started to do that, you know, less and less or would be able to do that and still make like a side dish to bring to someone's house. And then it just, you know, starts to in your early 30s kind of starts to like drop off that you want to keep doing this because now you're out with like the 21 year olds who are doing this for the first time and you realize that was you and you're looking at them going oh my god that was me oh my god and you're done but Thanksgiving Eve I was just looking on social media And if you're from like the Bronx, Westchester area, Long Island, even like Brooklyn, the city, and if you listen to KTU and you know Goomba Johnny, you probably know DJ Surge. So, 
DJ Surge is still doing a Thanksgiving Eve party. Now, back in the day, and he's, I don't know, a little little bit older than me, not, not like too much, but he started to DJ while I was probably in like seventh or eighth grade. So he used to DJ back at this club called Act Three. So Act Three was on White Plains Road in the Bronx. And they used to have these teen nights. So everyone, you know, this was like back when Facebook was like one of the very few social media sites. And I had been following him. And he posts this picture of him behind the DJ booth at Act 3. And I look and I see someone that looks like my friend. And right next to her, I see someone that looks like me. Now, I can't confirm it, but I swear I'm in this picture. Because like I said, it was always about going out and dancing. So I'm trying to find information on when Act 3 opened. I know it was there definitely in the mid-80s. And I'm looking and there are reviews up till 2002 saying that it was, you know dangerous and sketchy. So I guess it was open for quite a while. But when I went, it was all Guidos. All. It was freestyle and house music. And, you know, I mean, the music I still like love to dance to today secretly because it's what I grew up dancing to. And (laughs) I mean, just thinking about like Thanksgiving Eve or whatever, this probably wasn't at that time. But just to give you guys an idea. You know, if you look on TikTok, you will see 80s, but you see a lot of like preppy 80s. You see like the slouch socks with the white keds and the below the knee jean skirts or maybe the mini jean skirts. And then they'll you'll see like the big sweaters that are either bold colored or pastels. And, you know, the hair is like kind of sweet. And that was the sweet side of the 80s. And then there was the punk scene of the 80s with, you know, just think like East Village. I That'll just give you, um, you know, leather jackets, a lot of mohawks, leather pants, like tight black everything, dark makeup, um, you know, just really like in your face, anti-society, awesome shit. And then if you went to Brooklyn, Staten Island, parts of Queens, the Bronx, and Lower Westchester, because there's Lower Westchester where I'm from in Mount Vernon, and there's Upper Westchester when you go up 684 to the Katona area. So I'm from Lower Westchester. And in Upper Westchester, that's where you would see that more preppy 80s look. And that's where I would hang out with Melinda and kind of switch my look to the prep look, which did not ever really work for me, but I did it anyway. And there was the Guido style. (laughs) So the Guido style was not a motorcycle leather jacket, but like a three quarter length leather like blazer with like pockets on the inside. And there were boys when I went to high school that used to keep a can of Rave or Aquanet hairspray in that inside pocket of their jacket so they could fix their you know, a little bit of hair that they would comb and spray. The guys use more hairspray than the girls. That's in the 80s too, ladies. They use more eyeliner than us too. But 
there was this specific style of, you know, some kind of like Oxford shoe and really like weirdly terribly patterned button down shirts with like little skinny ties or hyper color shirts or something like that. Oh gosh, it was like very, um, almost like a big sort of a poofy shirt, but like a tiny waist for a guy was like very in because like bodybuilding was in, but not everybody was a bodybuilder. So the way to achieve that look was by cheating with these pants called Cavaricis. Z Cavaricis. Look it up, you guys, if you've never heard of these pants. This is classic Italian-American Guido pant. So it had a very high waist, and then they sort of like ballooned out almost like the MC Hammer pants, but not quite that like balloon parachute pant, but they poofed out a little bit. So the appearance was that the hips were bigger and slimmer than the waist. Now, if you were cheap or your parents were too cheap, you got one belt. If your parents would splurge, you got two belts on your Cavaricis. And if your parents were rich, you got the three belt Cavarici pants. And then picture it, they all wore like a cross, a gold cross and a gold Italian horn around their neck. And to anybody that doesn't know what that is, it's not a fucking pepper. It's not a pepper. It's a horn for the evil eye to take away the malocchio. And if you want to know what the malocchio is, it's when you give somebody a fake compliment and in your head, you're really like cursing them. Like you're not happy that they're succeeding and they'll start to get like weird headaches that affect their health because your bad energy is put onto them. So that horn protects us from that evil eye energy. And I actually have it tattooed on my side. And I went to tattoo scene with my sister and they made fun of us for getting the guinea zip tattoo. And I just laughed in their face because I was like, listen, I have enough bad luck. I'm keeping it with me. And it's on my side. So I have luck on my side. So there you go. Because I was going to put it, we both got it in the same spot on our right side. And we were thinking, okay, let's put it, you know, behind our neck, like in that spot, which I one of the few places I don't have a tattoo besides my lower back. I'll never get one there either. And my aunt said, no, you can't put the tattoo there because you're putting the luck behind you. You have to put it on your side. So that's where that came from. So anyway, it was just a culture in and of itself. And everyone either drove Berettas or was it a Cavalier, something like that, maybe even a Cadillac. And this is what like all the guys drove. Some of them had like an IROC Z and they would have, if they had a girlfriend, they would have um, a double heart ring, a double nameplate, or they would go to the mall and you would get a handkerchief and you would get the name of you and your girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever it was, embroidered with your date that you started dating. And they would tie that around the rear view mirror of the car. (laughs) And this was our culture. And this is how, you know, we presented ourselves. I would wear like 10 gold chains with my name on it and Italian princess and like all these charms and things. And um, 
Yeah, we had a specific look. We had the high hair, the, the big poofy hair that was all sprayed out. Usually it was black eyeliner and red lipstick. And sometimes I would experiment with blue or green liner because I got bored and I always liked neutral lipstick too because red was too hard, especially in high school, to like put on during the day. So if I would put on a neutral, it wouldn't look so bad. But there were girls who would constantly fix their black liner so it was perfect throughout the day and their red lipstick and their hair. And I mean, it was it was a culture. And especially going to a Catholic high school where the only thing that you could do slightly differently was your jacket, your backpack, your shoes, because they didn't have a specific shoe we needed to wear, which was nice, and your hair and makeup. And the first year that I was in my high school, the girls had to wear uniforms, but the boys got to wear plain, not plain, any button-down shirt that they wanted, which was usually those crazy patterns that I was talking about, and slacks, which turned out to be the three belted Cavaricis. But we were all mad because we were like, they're literally getting, they had to have a tie. That was like their button-down shirt tie slacks. And we were like, this is not fair. We have to put on this uniform every day. And these guys are getting to just wear whatever they want. So they made it that the boys could wear black or gray slacks in the winter to match our black and gray skirts, tan slacks in the summer because we had our blue skirts, Everybody had to wear a white button-down shirt, and everyone had to wear one of those ugly potsy sweaters or the red V-neck sweaters. So at least that was, like, fair. But again, the expression came from, like, hair, makeup, jewelry, and we just, like, you know, piled it on, some of us, because we wanted a look. We wanted to be an individual in that sea of sameness. So here I am talking about Thanksgiving Eve, and I'm going off on a tangent because I don't remember a lot of the Thanksgiving Eves, you guys, but I do remember being at Act 3, and I did see the picture with DJ, DJ Surge, and that's what I'm thinking about right now. So, I mean, the biggest party night of the year before the biggest eating day of the year is pretty fun. What I can say is, I don't remember any of the bars that I went to. I don't remember what I wore. None of it was like, you know, meant to be that special. And back then, this was, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Maybe there were like digital cameras, maybe, but they were like expensive. So no one was going to buy one. And then no one was actually going to risk bringing it out to like lose it. And then people started to get, you know, I guess more responsible because we got older. So maybe we would. But we didn't have smartphones to have pictures of these things. And I have to say, I am very glad because the fact that I don't remember any of what I'm saying, like one of any of my nights out on these Thanksgiving Eves, and I know I went out on all of them, it's probably better that there are no pictures to not remember. Like, what happened there? What happened there? (laughs) And the thing is, it was so, it was such a small area. 
especially like lower Westchester and the Bronx, we would like intersperse with each other. The culture was very much the same. Like I said, the hair, the makeup, the outfits. Oh, and don't forget the long fake acrylic nails or the silk wrapped nails. And we used to have them like square and like, you know, four inches out. I don't even know how we put on eyeliner or got our contacts in, but we used to go and get our nails done at least every other week with a pedicure. And we would definitely have had like either our half day at work or we would have met up at 5 p.m. and had our nail appointments. Then we would have probably gone to our friend who had the hair salon. And we would have like ordered pizzas or chicken salads or something. And she would have washed us our hair individually. There would have been three or four of us there. Dried it, blow it out, and she gave the best blowouts. I called her hair blowouts, like soap opera hair, because it would last for like three days, still just as poofy. She just had this knack for giving you this beautiful blowout. And we would do that, and we would have had our outfits like picked out already, and then we would have eaten, and then we would have just gone dancing until the sun came up, and then we would have gone to get either breakfast or cheese fries and gravy, And then we would have gone home to bed and woken up when somebody said, take a shower. Everyone's here for for Thanksgiving. And no one would have said that like kindly because, you know, it's Italian Americans. They would have been like slamming on the door or slamming the oven door shut, slamming the cabinets. The phone would have been ringing from like 7 a.m. with everyone screaming, happy Thanksgiving. So you really weren't getting rest. But again, in your 20s, especially your early 20s, you don't have any responsibility. You just have to show up and eat, which is I miss those days. I miss the days of everyone else cooking these big meals. And all I had to do was show up and eat. But all of that has changed. (laughs) But seriously, Thanksgiving Eve is just one of those days, nights, whatever you want to say, where I'm going to tell you guys, just live it up. Have a good time. Do you. When you don't have the responsibility, don't go looking for it. Like, enjoy as much of your young, young childhood as you can. Enjoy as much of your mid-childhood and tweens as you can. Be a real teenager for as long as you can. Hit your early 20s hard. This is my true advice. I know I'm not saying like, you know, be wild with drinking. Please don't do drugs. Please don't do that. I'm just saying with the experiences, go out do things, travel. If you have a chance to go to a country you've never been to before, even if you've never been interested in it, go because you'll probably have the greatest time of your life. Take time and see the world and get to know who you are and have more experiences than just behind a screen. Because that's the gift that Gen X has in the world is we're the last generation that didn't live behind a screen. And that's not the real world, like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's not reality. It's the reality that people want you to see. And there's nothing wrong with that because especially if you're a business, you want them to see the best parts of you. And that's great. But there's also that plus 
there's like, in my opinion, and I've talked about this with the most millennials, there's like the participation trophy thing that I don't understand. Like we're kind of the last generation that had to like deal with our feelings and deal with bullying face to face and deal with everything like head on without a lot of parental supervision. And I do want to say this. I see a lot of Gen Xers on TikTok trying to make this non-parental supervision like a bad thing. And people saying, oh, like we did everything that our parents wanted and now we do everything that our kids want. Okay, yeah, that's everyone else too. That's just the cycle of life. And we're Gen Xers, we're not supposed to be crying about this. It's not a bad thing that we didn't have supervision and the only time sometimes our parents paid attention was to yell at us, good, because we got to use our imaginations. We got to create our own worlds. We got to create our own societies within our friends, like our own codes and rules and things like that. And it made us much stronger people. I don't want to see all us Gen Xers on TikTok going, it's so sad. We did things that our parents wanted. And now we're doing things that our kids want. Well, first of all, good for doing things that your kids want. That's great. And kids are supposed to do what their parents want. And no, we didn't have a lot, a lot of supervision. We weren't on top of them. And they weren't on top of us. We were more independent. And it makes us like really friggin' cool in my humble opinion. And I don't think it's that humble. I think that it makes us just such a unique generation because we learned to do things and deal with things for ourselves. So stop complaining. There's nothing to complain about. We're strong and we're awesome and we're terrifying. We are Generation X. And the only generation more terrifying than us is Gen Z. So good luck to everyone who has to come across an angry Gen Zer because, well, I will say this, the woke thing, you guys don't want to be woke without awakening, spiritually awakening. That's why I want to talk about the spiritual journey of Generation X because we have a lot of experience in the analog world and not so much in the digital world. And yeah, we have to catch up, but I also think that Gen Z fall behind a little and, and listen to our our history because it's very recent history and stop calling the, the, the 80s and 90s, the late 1900s, that makes us mad. <laughs> but this is just all coming from experience of saying, yeah, I don't remember my Thanksgiving Eves and I don't remember a lot of nights out when I was drinking. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I'm saying, but did you die? No, we did not. We're still here. But listen to what we have to say because we can impart some wisdom and don't worry so much about the wokeness. Instead, worry about the awakening. And that's part of my job here. That's part of my spiritual journey is to give that to you all. And with the most grateful heart and soul to each and every one of you who has downloaded and listened to Messy Closet, over 22,000 of you have downloaded and listened to what I have had to say. So if it's making an impact, whether you agree or disagree, or it just makes you think a little deeper, I'm so happy and I'm so humbled and I am so grateful 
And thank you so much. It's the best like Thanksgiving gift that I could have received. And it's Thanksgiving Eve. Like I said, go out and have fun, but be safe. Make good choices. Don't separate from your friends. That was one of our codes. We went out together. We came home together. We made sure everyone got through the front door and, and there was a phone call quickly, just a one ring to make sure we knew that the driver was home. We did these things for each other. So learn to take care of each other and learn to take better care of yourselves by taking care of each other. It's a whole cycle of things. But go out on Thanksgiving Eve, live it up, live your life, be safe, make good choices. And so much gratitude from my heart to your home from Messy Closet Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode and don't forget to keep